I just realized my mm. fan's on. Oh, mine too. Hang on. I was like, I never, I didn't speak here. How come it's squiggling? And it was my fan. And I'm going to close my Your window. Fan. Mm. Okay. We're pros. We got this. <laughs> we know what we're doing. It's hot here. You got to do all this shit yeah. to like stay cool. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, I guess, officially for the time this comes out. <laughs> oh. Is it Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, this will be the Thanksgiving one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving oh. Monday. Another stat holiday, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Nice. What does Welcome. the stat stand for? Sorry. Oh, no, no, What does no. the stat stand for? Statutory. 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 Okay. You must, like, like, it's, like, required to. Mm-hmm. Uh, statistic holiday. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving all that in, by the way. Uh, what do I say? Okay. Welcome, everybody, to Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast hosted by me, Billy Schultz, and joined by my... Joined... Never mind. Hang on. I got to do this again. <laughs> Took a week off. Okay. Why? Fuck. I don't we know. know. Just leave it in. It's fine. <laughs> Just leave it in. <laughs> okay. This is this is the shit our patrons want. <laughs> this is what they want. <laughs> I just this is the behind the scenes. Yeah, there, I, I believe that there was no question that was, why is this podcast so shitty? <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to get good at podcasting? Answer, never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take whatever, a million. Welcome to Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast. My name is Billy Schultz, and I am joined by my two friends. Every week on the show, we watch a different horror movie and talk about it and prove that there's nothing to fear. So I, my two friends that I mentioned earlier are Alex Wan and Luke Mason. <laughs> Alex, how are you doing? Why am I so bad at this? Alex, earlier. why am I so bad at this? Earlier. <laughs> well, Billy, let me tell you how I am doing. Okay. Actually, I watched this movie, um, or I finished this movie about seven hours ago. Yeah. Oh. I just didn't have a chance to watch it all week, sure. and then I was like, all right, yesterday's Saturday, I'm going to sp- spend time to watch it. You started like midnight? Well, didn't watch it in the morning, sure. and then I went I went floating uh, down the river. Mm-hmm. Beautiful day, by the way. Kind of smoky, but it was great. And then I got home at about five, five something. No, I got home at about like 6.45, and I was like, all right, we're going to watch this movie. Sure. And then we're going to go to bed, and I'm going to be nice and fresh for the morning. And then I get a message. It's like, hey, come down to South Block. I was like, okay. I like my friends. All right, see so I went down to South Block. And then I got home at like 1 a.m., and I was like, oh, damn, I got to watch this movie. <laughs> so I watched this movie very late last night. Okay, good. I, I did watch this. Did that make it scarier? Well, because the whole time I was at I was at the, the bar last night, I was like, Hey, um, I gotta, I gotta get going home. I gotta watch this movie, and then they're all like, "Hey, why don't you just like pretend you watch this movie and then see how long it'll take?" I was like, "Well, probably wouldn't take too long because like by minute two, I'll be like, so that Petra character, pretty crazy, huh?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it very late, which okay. was an interesting experience because I am both very kind of deliriously tired right now, mm-hmm. as well as I watched. I would say a fairly scary movie in the middle of mm. the night. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But, but, but Something to fear. Besides all those things, I am very good. That's wonderful. I'll check in I'll check in with Luke in a second, but I just have to say that I'm coming at this movie from kind of the opposite side of the coin is that I watched it about 10 days ago. And so in broad daylight in, in like yeah, morning time or in the evening time, but it wasn't dark, but like I watched it so long ago that this morning I had to go in and watch like a rundown of Oculus on YouTube just so I could like remember kind of what was going on. <laughs> and so, 
yeah, it'll be interesting. You're really tired, and you've just you haven't had a chance to think about it. I've probably thought about this movie too much, and then forgotten important things. So, our third, our third face on the pod, Luke. Are you a happy medium? Like, where do you land on this one? I I think so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we record on Sundays, and I watch this on okay, Friday good. after work. Sure. So mm. that's probably a happy medium of. <laughs> Two two days to digest it, think about it, but like not so far away that I forget many parts mm-hmm. of it. So, cool. Yeah, I think I think I did nice. it right. And how are you? <laughs> I will. S- <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. You will say. I will say that this isn't actually the latest I've ever watched a movie for the. Pod. No, one time you watched one like. Uh. It finished at like nine fifty eight, and you're like, "And on to Discord. Here I go." <laughs> yeah, it was it was Jaws because <laughs> right. I've seen the movie before, but I didn't watch it for the. For the thing, so I finished it five minutes before we actually started recording. So that was the latest that gotcha. I watched it. Yeah. Well, that's like the nothing to fear version of that scene in Superbad when Evan's on the phone and he just stays on the phone until he walks into the car <laughs> yeah. and starts talking to Seth. <laughs> You're just watching the movie. It turns off. You turn on the Discord and yeah. start talking about it. Seamless transition. Yeah. What about Perfect Ten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be like a bowling site. <laughs> it could be a bowling. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Luke? You're good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little hungover. We record at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so between me going out last night and having some coffee this morning, I might have to make a bathroom bolt at some point. So if you're not, dear That's listener, here. Eddie, <laughs> Billy will edit that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I want you to bring your mic with you. So no, just, don't do that. Just so we know you're safe. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Many a, many a slippage has happened in the bathroom without anyone knowing no, immediately. Right. right? I am I am I am quite good because even though you're listening to this in October at the earliest, this is the weekend. We're recording the weekend after eleven weeks of summer day camps, and they are now finished. And I am very grateful for yes. that because the last, especially the last three weeks, were just difficult. Without, I was telling friends like in the middle of last week, I just feel like an ineffable rage, and I don't. Like, there's nothing really I can say that's going wrong. I just am in a bad mood about it. Okay. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. Ineffable rage. rage. Okay. <laughs> it, huh. I actually dropped the line, it's a Lovecraftian Oh, there we go. <laughs> See, this podcast I don't is know. paying off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm angry at. I'm just angry. <laughs> you know, that's a mood for 2022, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Gestures broadly at everything. <laughs> I could pick out some things that i think are not reaching a standard of care for things or or of practice but that's boring it's more just it's just easier to be frustrated fair yeah i get it <laughs> so even and and that that's too bad and it, it'll fade because the summer was actually really good nice it was a really yeah. the kids had a great time and like once you get some distance from a thing the good memories stick around a lot better than the bad ones so yeah Exactly. You don't you don't hold on to the bad ones as long, but uh, I'm also yeah. doing well. It's been, you know, the the last, you know, the, as this is Labor Day weekend, this is coming out October. You all know that. But it just has it has really felt like there has been a scene change into fall where we still yeah. have a couple days where it's like there's a, a couple days ago. There's a heat warning index of like 34, but it just like there it's just as cliche as as it is to sound like something in the air has changed it feels like fall is coming it feels like you know we're getting into the cozy season which i i love fall like fall is my jam and i'm just excited about all the all the different things i don't like being too hot in the summer and so now that we're like moving into like the fall sort of crisp 
winter season is good. And like we, I'm out east, so we get like amazing fall colors as the leaves change. We mm. got maples and elms and oaks, and so it's just like really vibrant and really nice. And yeah, so hey, I'm a fan, Billy. Put me to sleep when September starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, great, great check-ins. Okay, so we are watching movies uh, this month again. We took September off. We're back in watching scary movies. And the challenge for this month was actually scary movies. So it remains to be seen if we found this movie to be scary or not. It was my pick. And this week I picked Oculus from... I believe 2012, I think is when it came out. And 2013, I thought. 2013, 12, 12 or 13, like, yeah. So about mm-hmm. a decade, decade old now. I didn't really know too much about it going in, aside from the fact that it was a written and directed by. So sorry, Luke, for a future written and directed by month. This one's already taken mm-hmm. uh, because Mike Flanagan <laughs> both wrote and directed this one. I have been familiarized with Mike Flanagan's work from this podcast and from my own viewing from... The Haunting of Hill House and the Blymander and Midnight Mass series on Netflix. And I was excited to watch this one because I like him. I like Karen Gillan, who I think is a a good actress. And I had heard promising reports that this one was pretty scary. And it was about a spooky mirror that did some spooky shit. So what did uh, either of you know about it? Luke, what did you know about Oculus before we watched it? Well, as the two of you know, and probably some listeners, I ingest a lot of uh, movie knowledge from just kind of random YouTube videos about movies. Or like, <laughs> there's a good, there's like three years when I was living in Calgary this last stint where I would just like watch movie trivia on okay. YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. And so, yeah. We did it at work a lot. Oculus was a movie that I knew existed. I kind of knew that it was about a mirror. I knew it was about these two young adults as well as like there's a kid element to it Mm -hmm. so i was familiar with the film without knowing anything about it Mm -hmm. deeply okay what about you alex did you know anything about this one Mm, no never heard of it but different than my regulars never heard of it i do know mike flanagan because we have watched some of his movies Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yes that is the extent of my knowledge of oculus Mm. I still feel like you haven't watched the movie, and you're just trying to go by your bluff that your friend said you did. <laughs> yeah, there was a mirror. Yeah, yeah. I don't have Wikipedia open right now. <laughs> Plot synopsis. No, okay. So yeah, it was it was kind of a... Yeah, I guess it sort of came out and went away, as, as most horror movies in the early 2010s did, where I wasn't paying much attention to it, and it was interesting to visit it, for sure. And I am excited to get into it and get talking about it after the trailer so we will head into the trailer we will spoil this movie and and i'll be right back and luke will be right back as promised so okay you know what i'll be right back as well then all right i'll just finish this up on my own then yep (laughs) okay god this is the talent i get get your friends to do a podcast and they just slack off anyway we're gonna watch the trailer uh, well, we won't, but you can if you want. We're going to play the trailer. We're going to spoil this movie. And check out DoesTheDogDie.com for any triggering parts of this movie. There's a little bit of like body horror and some traumatic family stuff and like abuse and yelling and stuff. So if that's something that you're worried about, make sure you do check out DoesTheDogDie.com and get yourself covered. And then, yeah, watch the movie and we'll be back in a little bit. I could just, I could probably play the trailer now. 
just like put it in and it'd be great i don't know i didn't watch the trailer i always watch these after i edit this is a peek behind the curtain listeners i watch the trailers after or while i'm editing it it's the first time i watch it and then i put it in i'm sure my computer's full of like viruses because i just go to like youtube to mp3.com and then i drag the youtube link in and it makes the trailer into an mp3 (laughs) file and every time i go to it there's always like a weird pop-up that comes up on the website that's like oh you should your computer's infected with a million viruses click here to clear them and it's like that's not real but are you talking to yourself no i'm talking to the listeners i'm talking to the listeners about how we or how i get the trailers i just go to youtube doc youtube youtube.com you've heard of it get the trailer Mm -hmm. and then like there's a lot of youtube to mp3 ripper sites where they just download the audio so i'm sure my computer is like just chock full of some sort of spyware hello anyone spying on me but yeah hi hi hello again you must be hungry Tim is a healthy adult who represents no danger to himself or anyone else. And I believe he should be discharged. Hey, little brother. I found it. What do you mean? We only have a few days. A few days for what? To keep our promise and kill it. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. We got a new home, so we get new furniture. It's a bit ostentatious, though, don't you think? Hey, Dad, who's that lady in your office today? What lady? We were just kids. We made up a scary story so we wouldn't have to accept the fact that our father was a sick man who killed our mom. Why don't we just end it right now and smash the damn thing? First, I intend to prove that the people I've just described were victims of the supernatural force that resides in that mirror. You want to redeem the family name? You promised me you'd never forget what really happened. I was 10 years old. Daddy? Tim? Tim? Snap out of it! Do you, uh, do you want to read the synopsis while Luke's gone, or do you want to wait for him? Let's wait for him, because I think right. this is a really important synopsis for him to hear. Okay. Yeah. I think you should read it as fast as Karen Gillan does her exposition in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that scene. <laughs> Just <laughs> insane. So your summer's done too. Are you back to full time work after Labor Day? Uh, and study around luke is back luke is back luke luke who's talking now all right alex Mm. take us away with the synopsis for oculus oculus is a 2013 american supernatural psychological horror film co-written edited and directed by mike flanagan it is based on his short film oculus colon chapter three dash the man with the plan and stars karen gillen as a young woman who is convinced that an antique mirror is responsible for the death and misfortune that her family suffered. This is a... Wait, this is Oculus Chapter 3? This is a part... Th- 
Whoa, 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 whoa. hang on. What, what, what did, did you, you say? Yeah. It's based on the short film. Oh, Oculus okay. Colon Chapter 3, Dash, yeah. The Man okay. with the Plan. I gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait to hear what both of you had to say about it, but I'll give you my first thoughts. I was I wanted this movie to be a lot more scary than I thought it that I thought I thought it was going to be going into it and I think that is because I have watched a lot more of Mike Flanagan's work and this was early on in his career and so like watching some of the later stuff where he had kind of like ironed out some of his storytelling tangles and his convoluted sort of narration which he loves he loves to do a little time jump this movie loves a lot of time jump in and it's back and forth and i think he's gotten he's gotten a more uh, light hand at it as he's gone on but this one it was just like whoa this is really like i i couldn't be as scared as i thought it wanted me to because i was like wait i'm confused what's going on what's happening what time are we in what is real what is fake and so I hope that both of you found it to be scary enough to hold a place in these actually scary movies month for this podcast, because I found I found the scares to be a little bit lacking for me personally. And I was I was just distracted by a lot of stuff and I'll I'll get into it. But I want to hear I hope I hope you have a, a more generous take than I do. But one piece of trivia that I did learn from watching was that the actor who played young Tim, so the the child Tim, was the same actor who played young Josh in Insidious. So that act that let that boy has uh, been in two horror movies where he's interacting with his future self. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was a cool mm-hmm. little uh, <laughs> a little uh, <laughs> twist or a little little bit of trivia. I don't know the actor's name, but uh, young Tim, he's good at playing against his future self. <laughs> So, yeah, I've I've been thinking about this movie a lot, uh, especially having watched it so long ago. There's been a lot of time for it to marinate and me to be like, well, wait a minute. That didn't make sense. Wait a minute. That didn't make sense either. So, I don't know. We'll go to our, our opposite end of the spectrum. Alex, you watched this most recently. <laughs> How did you find Oculus? I think in terms of scariness, it definitely crossed the middle part of scary or not scary. Like, this was on the scarier end of movies that we've seen, but it wasn't the scariest. I think it was more so, you know, when you find out it's about this mirror, I'm just like, every time you see the mirror, you expect, like, weird shit to happen with, like, you know, someone looking back, or you see something that's in the mirror reflection, but not actually in real. So, like, I was primed for all those kind of mirror scares, which didn't really happen, which I guess kept me scared throughout the whole movie so like that was effective in its own way mm, okay so yeah so in terms of is this movie scary or not I, I i found it like a little bit scary and watching it very late and very tired did not help either <laughs> but sure. i will say i watched it all the way through i never paused it i had my eyes open the whole time oh there you go yeah <laughs> i believe um, you <laughs> okay in terms of the movie itself i think it was a really interesting idea that touched on a lot of interesting concepts such as you know what's real what's not what what we think happened and what like what we think happened as a kid gets explained by you know logic or therapy or whatever but then is it real is it fake you know those questions still remain as as an adult and i thought like the the editing was really kind of sharp between the the two different times like Mm -hmm. the past and the present 
and I thought the acting was quite good. But I just thought there was something missing in this film, where mm. by the end of it, when it finished, I was like, I'm a little bit unsatisfied with not the ending itself, but just something was missing in the whole movie. And I mm-hmm. can't, I still can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, so maybe we'll give you some forward, time uh, to maybe, reflect on it. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to maybe figuring out what that thing that was missing was for me. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a fine movie, and I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it. I, I wouldn't say I actually didn't in- I didn't did not enjoy it at all. Like there wasn't okay. a point, part of this movie where it's like I, can't I do say not like clearly. this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, can't, I can't say it more clearly than that. But yeah, it was a it was an enjoyable watch, and it's mm-hmm. not too long, which you know is perfect. I do love for me. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you. There is something missing, and I don't know if that's something just as simple as like this movie doesn't have a happy ending. But there's so many movies that we do that don't really have happy endings in the horror genre. Where it's like, yeah, it's it's doom and gloom. But I did also feel a little bit unmoored and a little bit like there's there's so much going on in terms of trauma and like obsession and focusing on things and not getting the help you need that I think this movie is trying to say a lot. And what kind of gets left behind is like the really effective scares that are on screen. But Luke, what did you think about Oculus? <sighs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> no 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 it's not bad this is not a bad movie okay i just i feel like i have so many things to say about this movie and yet it's not proportional to how much i actually care about this movie oh, oh okay so, <laughs> sure <laughs> i'm like struggling with my own yeah this movie's reach was much larger than its grasp and that hurt it a lot mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna be nitpicking a lot of things in this film so i should start off with things i liked about it at the beginning sure so i thought the parallel editing and storytelling of the last kind of 20 minutes was fucking awesome like it was really cool how they edited the kids the kid versions of the main characters with the adult versions as they're like basically losing their minds Mm -hmm. and like so stylistically i thought it was really cool Mm mm-hmm there were some like really memorable moments of this film that I thought were just like should almost to me that scene where she eats the light bulb is like an, an instant horror movie motif classic. Yeah, that was like very that was gross. so even though I knew that was going to happen when they showed the shot of the apple being beside <laughs> the light bulb, I didn't care because like that is just so viscerally terrifying to like have glass broken glass in your mouth. Yeah. You know, like it's just so like that and and there were a few scenes of that type of ilk. I thought it was cool to see Rory Cochran in the movie. I just recently did a scanner darkly on full spectrum cinema with other Alex. And he's one of the characters. Rory Cochran was the dad. It was the dad. Yeah. Character actor, Rory Cochran, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, in lots of movies, but never is the leading build. Right. Actor kind of thing. And so like, and of course it's touching on a lot of themes, which is always interesting in, Mm -hmm. in movies. I have a minor critique of the film. I think that, the script was pretty hackneyed. I don't think it was how real people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So it felt a little bit forced. And I think the actors had to do everything they could to make it believable. And they did fine. But I think the this movie has a huge problem with it. And there's no canonical way to understand it. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. They're, they're. I guess the ending of this movie always had to be the ending that it was. It was faded. I knew what was going to happen the very first moment they talked about what might happen because 
there isn't any like even at the end of this movie did that really happen we don't know because the movie didn't give us a mechanism mm-hmm. to determine what was real and what wasn't which is fine should have had a totem to right that. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> this movie had no totem so when they are yeah, it felt like they're caught. The characters in this movie mm-hmm. felt like they were caught in a system that they could not actually break out of because they didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And they like, but but it was frustrating that they kept giving lip service to like, oh, we'll just leave. We'll just not go there. We need to go do this. We need to eat. It's like they tried to do things that would get them out of this, like the mirror's ability to give them amnesia and hallucinations hallucinations (laughs) and spatial displacement but they couldn't yeah they were always fated to have this be the ending that it was which kind of takes away a little bit of the allure of the storytelling for me and so since since it's like (laughs) did she really eat the light bulb or not i don't know right (laughs) Did, did she really die at the end or not? I don't know. There's actually no, like... Yeah. So... Did any of it happen? It was frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> the movie didn't give us a schema or a Rosetta Stone. The movies don't have to do that, but it kind of set itself up like it was going to. Yes. So it gave us a promise it didn't... I think it promised us something it didn't deliver on in that sense. And so it did leave me feeling a little bit empty-handed at the end of it that is one of the notes i wrote down almost word for it i couldn't put it as eloquently as you but like it was the fact that like (laughs) everybody and everything in this movie was unmoored and that meant the audience was unmoored so we were just as lost and like at one it was unreliable narration all the way down right at one point i was like is this is any of this real is this still like happening back in 2002 and then i was like no they wouldn't know what iphones are like i don't know like is the guy still in the in the psychiatric yeah. ward maybe right is, like and, yeah is any of this happening and i think some of the obviously this mirror that is the centerpiece speaking of things that i we want to say positively i really like the design of the mirror it just looked creepy as hell like this huge friggin ornate a lot of the stuff on camera looked awesome but the storytelling was just like okay so there's just no chance for these people and i think that falls into one of the things you've you've mentioned perennially on this uh, podcast luke is that like well that's not fair like and you know human (laughs) lives aren't fair but like regular life is unfair enough that like add a level of supernaturalism where it's just like, well, you looked at the mirror once. So I guess you're fucked forever. Sorry. Yeah. It's just like, it really, what <laughs> it is kind of like a, a, a true, a true version of what there being like a, a heaven or a hell mm-hmm. that you have no choice about anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's like, in that sense, it's frustrating. Yeah. But to, as far as the genre of the month or category of the month, yeah, this movie is scary enough to be counted. Okay. I had a, ju- a few jumpy moments. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought they overshowed the monster, mm-hmm. but the first few times she was on screen, which uh, Marisol, apparently, yeah, yeah, it was Katie Seagal, his wife. Yep. <laughs> so she played Mike Flanagan's wife. Like the eyes were great. It was creepy. The movements were really creepy. It was just off the camera enough that yeah, I was like, oh, this is a little scary. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. yeah, are it, they monsters? It was. Well, I think they're demons. They're like I was under the impression that they're humans that the mirror killed and took to do its yes. haunting. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I watched like the possessed, movie. possessed spirits or whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're trapped. There's, there's something supernatural about them now. Yeah, 
It's like uh, it's like the mirror was playing like um, I don't know, a version of tag where if you get tag, you're actually on the other team because it didn't seem like any of the like victims that had been mm. trapped by the mirror were like, like once they got their souls drawn out, it was like, yeah, you know what? I want to fuck up more people mm. with this mirror. That's my game. okay. Blob tag <laughs> one sure. Blob one tag. other major critique that just occurred to me is that like there's so many themes like you mentioned, uh, kind of present in this movie: obsession, inferiority, self doubt, all that kind of stuff, right? But all of those things are said through the mouths of the characters and not demonstrated through their kind of lives mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-hmm. So you just it's a it's a lot of exposition dump of what's going wrong in these people's lives. Yeah. As opposed to like it being shown. Now, if they show all of the things that they try to do, this movie would be like seven hours. <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. But it's just not as satisfying when it's said and not shown. Yeah, and like I, I don't want to come off sounding like super negative about this whole movie, but one of the big things that bumped me was there was no explanation for anything that Kaylee had been doing in the ten years since their parents' murder. <laughs> like we we have Tim, who's the younger Searching brother, for this mirror. right? Tim is the younger brother. He's he's accused of murdering the dad because he was found with a gun in his hand, right? So he goes to like juvie prison therapy, psychiatric, right? psychiatric prison. prison. Yeah. And he spends 10 years getting therapy and talking it through and trying to solve all his problems and his trauma. And meanwhile, they were just like, Kaylee, well, I guess we can just put her in the foster system. Who cares? And I'm just like, what? 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 Like, of course, this like this isn't setting her up for success because she's like even more alone in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, Tim was alone, but he was like being looked after by doctors, hopefully and talking through his problems. She just like went captain ahab on this mirror and devoted all of her energy into tracking it down and tracking its lineage down which obviously raises the question if you've put this much research into this mirror why are you being close to it (laughs) everyone close this mirror dies what the fuck makes you think you're gonna be different which and i i feel like (laughs) the answer to all this is a close to a because demons but it's like well if anything doesn't make sense the mirror is making them not think about it, right? The mirror is forcing her to be around it because that's how it gets power. And so she doesn't think about like what it's doing to her because the mirror is powerful enough to like alter her memory. So she doesn't see anything wrong about chasing it down for 10 years because the mirror like is like erasing that part of her brain or whatever. She, yeah, but she did so, so much research on this mirror, like an unconscionable amount of research on this mirror. (laughs) And, after hearing that research, my first thought was like, well, break you should it. probably get like a hundred people to figure out how to break this mirror. And like, ah, uh, it so <laughs> destroys everyone. Yeah. Why are you isolating yourself around the mirror that's going to trick you and then like, again, faded to be dead? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, at the very start, I said this movie it faded its own ending mm-hmm. and, it, and it just, it just, it so did with the way that. I don't remember if her name was Kaylee or Kylie. I think it was Kaylee, but the, yeah. The, Kaylee, I d- like the way that she was so confident that they could destroy this, but so obviously they couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that just was was so apparent the first moment you saw how it manipulated time and space and memory. Yeah. It's like, well, you guys are probably already dead. <laughs> You're probably already dead. I think they're dead this whole movie. Yeah. Right. But we also don't get that reveal. Like, if if it had been at the end where it's like they were dead the whole time and it was something else, that's cool. But it was just like, I don't know, it just starts the same way as it or it ends the way it starts. But I don't know. We've been uh, we've been kind of like banging on this. Alex, do you have anything to to 
to jump in on the like sort of protein nature of like who's what and are they fated to do this and all this like this whole part of the movie yeah i mean i i'm still kind of reflecting on it but i definitely agree that it was just kind of unjumbled you know Mm -hmm. yeah like it's hard to discern what i should be believing and what i shouldn't be especially when the characters themselves for a large majority of the movie are just yelling to themselves that's not real that's not real <laughs> I, i'm confused you know yeah <laughs> yeah and not confused as in like this plot is confusing i'm just like i don't know what i'm supposed to be processing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we like why did the mirror make her think she ate the light bulb when she didn't right like why would the mirror need that to happen like it's just totally fucking mm-hmm. with her yeah so that she will actually not notice that she's standing in front of the mirror and going to be like killed by the the big anchor thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but this, I guess it's like this amnesia is part of this mirror's power because they talk about how yeah we're probably standing in front of the mirror we should change that and then they just forget. Yeah, <laughs> they just forget. It's like a dream. Honestly, exactly. Yeah. You know how like you you're doing something in a dream and then you're doing something completely different in the dream and it's not weird that you're doing a different thing mm-hmm. until you wake up and you're like, "Why did I switch things I was doing? That makes yeah. no sense." Yeah. Like, why did I take the bus to school that day? I could have driven. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dream like that once. I was yeah. late. <laughs> oh, damn. Also, it's it's this this movie's feels a little bit I would say a little bit different than anything else we've ever done before where the villain of this movie is a mirror right it's it's mm-hmm. a very it's an inanimate object that doesn't have any humanistic features or ways that i can relate to mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't look like me it doesn't move at all mm-hmm. like other movies when we when we have like inanimate objects being the source of the evil so for example i don't know like like i, I can't think of anything else like chucky um, or yeah, or like, or or like, even if it's a haunted house, there's a reason right. that the house is haunted, right? Like, uh, in I think what was it, Amityville? The, no, what's the uh, Josh movie? Insidious. Yeah, the other one that he's in. Oh, Conjuring's Conjuring. Conjuring, yeah, yeah. that's right. In Conjuring, Devil made me do it. It's <laughs> it's a haunted house, right? The Josh movie, the other one, <laughs> the other yeah. one. Well, but was like, Devil made me do it. Haunted house. I think the first one was. The first one was. No, no, Devil Made Me Do It, right? Remember? It's it, it's yeah. like uh, the guy got possessed by, like, you think the house is haunted, but it's actually like the demon totem that's planted underneath the house by the daughter. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Right? So it's like, yeah. no matter what's doing the haunting, you can always trace it back to a demon, a human that summoned a demon, right, or right. some kind of supernatural entity that's a little bit more feasible to understand. In this one, it was just a mirror that never really moved or Mm-hmm. did anything outside of summon shit so you don't know what, what the source of the the mirror's evil is like right yeah we don't like we a, don't get a like a, a flashback to like 1675 in salem mm-hmm. massachusetts and someone is like i'm making mm-hmm. a devil mirror haha like yeah like if if we had an organizational chart like most <laughs> movies the mirror would be like oh i'm i'm like i'm the whatever top management but there's like a ceo above me that's making me do this Mm, shit in this movie it's weird because the mirror is the ceo there's no one above the mirror (laughs) 
I don't know if that analogy helps, but Demir is um, the CEO. Let uh, Lasser is the CFO. And yeah. Marisol is the I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like the mirror is the mm-hmm. top dog, yeah. and that was a hard concept for me to wrap around because all these other movies, it's always a reason that the mm-hmm. inanimate object is doing the haunting. But this one, there was no reason. It's the mirror. Period. It's just the mirror. Just the mirror yeah. loves to draw energy. Well, and that's it. I think that adds to the the thing I said at the start is like there's no canonical interpretation of this movie. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's no canonical genesis to the evil. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, it, you know, you get like a snapshot. Like there's this story that started way before and way and goes way after. And we just see one snapshot of it and we don't have enough context yeah. to understand it. This yeah. feels like there's a bunch of like s- sequels not by Mike Flanagan that try to answer these questions and i can't imagine do super good but uh, you're right though like the exposition of this movie is so not there until it is when she stands there and she's like filling in tim she has basically like this i don't know podcast rundown of what's happened so far and she's just like okay mm. the first time we saw the letting the the lasser glass was in bavaria and then that guy died and then this guy had it and he was really fat but then he got really skinny and then he died and then this lady died in her bathtub and she died of dehydration but she was in the bathtub for three days anyway and this guy had it in a lobby and all the plants died and then he died and this one like it was just like boom 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 any questions and you're like yes lots actually and they're like too bad we gotta go <laughs> yeah she was mm-hmm incredibly woefully underprepared for how prepared she was you know mm, yeah. that that yeah. that also didn't make sense to me like back to what you because said because like, mirror because she mirror so, she had <laughs> all these fail safes she had all these alarms she had all these cameras she had her fiance call her on the hour every hour it's like actually you're seven minutes late i'll talk to you in 53 minutes <laughs> but so like she thought of everything except for the fact that this mirror can kill her yeah and I don't know if that's hubris. Like, is that hubris? Because it's like, I'm so prepared that I couldn't possibly fall for this trap that everyone has well, fallen for. Okay, so I, I actually thought about this. So oh, okay. while we can absolutely, it's a completely valid critique that, you know, it's like you are not prepared to deal with this mirror and you should have been more prepared for the actual haunts of the mirror rather than, you know what you know of i would argue that her priority going into this movie was n- less to destroy the mirror but more so to prove that the mirror yeah actually caused the hauntings so when so she was very prepared for the first one and then not at all prepared for the second part right 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 and, and that's why it was what it was yeah and is that like is that also that you know, the mirror has ways of defending itself. So is it like in the mirror's interest to be like, okay, well, I'll let her like be obsessed with me because then she's like going to be around me and I can like eventually win. I can draw her into the trap by being so enticing that she's trying to learn everything about me. But little does she know that I don't care what she knows. I'm still going <laughs> to find a way to kill her anyway. Like that's just my <laughs> my jam. Well, then this this goes back to the mechanics of how the mirror works. Yeah, right. right. Because they have that. You know what? This was actually probably my least favorite part of the movie, but uh, they had that one scene where she's measuring the radius of like the mirror's influence. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this plant's dead, but this plant that's farther isn't dead. So it's about like what thirty, 30 feet. feet or something. Yeah. yeah, I think that probably ruined a little bit of the movie and like added more questions than answered. Right? Because it'd be like, oh, 
okay, so let's say the mirror only has a 30-foot ra- uh, like radius of influence, then that means <laughs> your explanation doesn't really make that much sense anymore that the mirror was trying to get her obsessed through all these years because it's like she was never near the mirror it's in true, those yeah. 10 years until she actually got possession of it. Like she set up the whole house with all the cameras and everything before the mirror even got there. So it's like, is this mirror om- 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 omniscient? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is we have those questions. It's like, did it forge a connection with her when she was 12 or whatever? And then because it, like, had a connection to her, it still, like, you know, it just had a little tendril wrapped around her and, like, tried to reel her back slowly. But, yeah, I don't don't know. Why don't just stand 60 feet away and shoot the mirror, like, if it's 30 feet? If you know, (laughs) if you know the mirror has a sphere of influence, why is all your equipment beside it? (laughs) Yeah, so many. They're like, I people are going to ask. I would have said that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> people are going to ask this so, question, okay, so we'll here, solve it. Sorry, go ahead, Luke. Here's, go. A, here's a take on all of this that maybe puts it in a more positive spin. And, and, if, it, and if this is true, and, you know, it's got a potential to it. Kind of this whole movie is like watching it through the looking glass. There is a through the looking glass <laughs> element of this film. And so, if to the extent that that was intentional by Mike Flanagan, I give him kudos. Because there, yeah, like there's a dreamlike element, but there's also like a, it's not, you know, through the looking glass isn't exactly like a mirror, but mirrors are reflections. They're not the, they're not the real thing, right? Mm. They are um, a simulacrum of the real thing that looks really true. A, a, a fake, a, okay. a, Thank a you. copy, a, a, a uh... this has been and... Alex's vocabulary corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think all of us, you remember that episode of The Office where Pam says her and Jim are just off that whole day? Mm-hmm. They just kind of miss each other. Mm-hmm. They, pa- like, they pass by a second too late to see each other. They, c- conversations get cut off. They just aren't in sync. Th- that's kind of the same feeling I have while watching this. Is it's, just, it's just not, things aren't. Like there's an outline in my mind of where this scene should be, and it's just like a smidge off. And and there's something about mirrors that do that, right? Like you know, objects in mirrors are bigger than they are closer than they appear. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think I look different in the mirror than I do in pictures. Like mm. it's weird how the the kind of reflective nature of a mirror, as opposed to I don't know, there's a term for it where it's like an, a more true reflection of how your body looks versus the reflective part of it. Because you're yeah, it's like straight back at you, not not what is that word like sim sim? It's not flip sims, yeah, yeah. It's like so if you look at yeah, there's... you look at a picture of yourself and you flip it, or you part your hair the other way and look it in the mirror. It's like this is how people see you, not how you see you, and it's like it doesn't yeah line up. And so yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even like on this Discord, it's it's a mirror reflection, mm-hmm. not a not an actual reflection, yeah, right. Because right? I'm raising my left hand, but I'm raising my yeah. left hand. See, yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> this is okay. This is my, anyway, <laughs> so at a meta level, yeah, I'll give kudos to Mike Flanagan for putting me in the position of feeling like I'm getting some sort of not quite real reflection of mm-hmm. something happening. Yeah, which is, I guess, what the characters are going through. Yeah, I guess so. But it's a little unsatisfying. <laughs> It's a lot unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot unsatisfying. You spoke about, I can't remember the dad's name. I already forgot his actor name, but I liked mom in this movie, Katie Sackhoff. She was, she was great. It was always nice seeing 
and uh, and and as as per our contractual obligation, uh, Star Wars reference coming in, she plays Bo-Katan Kryze, which is a Mandalorian, mm. part of the Mandalorian. That's where I remember. I knew I recognized her from yeah. somewhere. She was in Mandalorian season two, but she also voiced her in Rebels when that like there was a there's a whole mm. big plot line that takes place on Mandalore, and was she um yeah. was she a pilot? She was in Battlestar Galactica. Two. Yeah, she was Starbuck in the new Battlestar, the reboot Battlestar Galactica from like 2005 to whenever that show ended. Mm. So she was in that. So one. I guess when the ship when the ship blew up, she had nothing to steer. You did that one. You've done that one so many times. I thought you were going to do at least this is a mirror where there's nothing to appear at or something. I don't know. <laughs> Write that I'll one down. Leave that one. I'll leave that one for you. Billy. Thank you. <laughs> The last of glass is so foggy, there's nothing to appear. Also, uh, note to self, 46 minutes. Take that snippet out for the bonus. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 46 minutes. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, Katie Sackhoff, she was good. Yeah. That's a good segue into like some of the strongest parts of the film mm-hmm. are it is more manifested themes because like, obviously people struggle with... like how their bodies look as they get older mm-hmm. and if they're still attractive to their partner and then like is the spice of the relationship gone so then you know someone starts looking elsewhere for the romance or the eros of the of of that, those needs of life mm-hmm. and kind of um slow disassociation between two adults who have a family like how many people in the world struggle with these kind of things like yeah it's, it's so it's such a massive element of the human condition and then on top of that you're like trying to keep the kids happy and safe and they're like you know there's that moment when when you're at puberty time you know 11 12 13 where the adult world starts becoming more apparent to you 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 get like little snippets of maybe your parents guards are down you're you're emotionally and intellectually able now to understand some abstract things that are going on in adults lives that you couldn't before Mm -hmm. so there's that kind of like you know there's a reason why rites of passage rituals and ceremonies center around 12 and 13 year olds kind of thing it's just that stage of life and so like this movie had so much potential with those kind of themes Mm -hmm. that i even if it would have hampered mike flanagan's storytelling i would have preferred a more canonical take because those things are left a little bit unresolved because of all of this right it's like okay so because of this dad's like inattention to his family we're gonna have a mirror that maybe or maybe doesn't seduce him to maybe or maybe not kill his family and to maybe or um, maybe not traumatize his kids and we maybe or maybe don't know if that actually happened yeah yeah it's just it would have done better with those themes to have a slightly more structured comprehensible what is happening right and that's that's something that mike flanagan does well in his other things like he he it's 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 much in the the sort of vein of stephen king where it's like the real terror was like bullies or inattentive adults or uncaring Mm -hmm. like power systems or whatever and with like with his stuff and a lot of his like really great stuff is like yes there's a haunted house but also it's like the trauma of their family like especially haunting of hill house Mm. that one is basically like you are haunted by your past and you are haunted by like the things that you have done and 
those are manifesting in ways that are ghosts and maybe ghosts are real and like can prey on people who also have trauma but like the family conflict and the not trusting a parent and not trusting your siblings and like this and this and this these are all things that i think he does really well and interjects like spooky scary like ghosts standing in the mirror just off frame but like I, I think Oculus again, this is something where he's still forming that craft, and it's just not quite as polished because Kaylee is fucked up by this, and she she needs help, and she needs to talk about it, and we don't get any part of the the movie where she has had anything like any support at all in the last ten years since it happened, and that's just like oh that's heartbreaking, and now she's got to deal with it and process it, and bring her brother who's essentially in recovery. And be like, here's the thing that triggered all your, you know, triggered all the behavior before back at it. Like, like, it's just she's hurting and she's trying to get better and she doesn't have a guidepost. And that's really sad. And it like tears families down. And if we believe that all the deaths on screen and all the, you know, if they actually did happen, then like, you know, she ultimately loses her life to this mirror. But she also kills her fiance unless that was imagined. And he also, like, completely destroys her brother's life again because he's already, like, on house arrest. And not, I don't know if he's on house arrest, but he's, like, just out of, like, psychiatric prison for the suspected murder of his dad 10 years ago. And now he's going right back in there. Like, he's going, like, at the end of this movie of Israel, he's he's back in there because he, from mm-hmm. what they see, is, like, he set up a giant kill switch to kill his sister with a boat anchor. Like, yikes. Well, I mean... And some one of the useful things here to think about, like how an artist changes, is compare this film to Hush, mm-hmm. which is so much smaller in scale and ambition mm-hmm. than this film is with themes and plot, and how much more satisfying we found that film yeah. than this one. Yeah, you know, like there's just something about how he changed his craft, I guess, a bit. And like, there's some pretty interesting themes in Hush too, mm-hmm. not as many, but some. But I just like, yeah, like you get the sense that this is like an early film of a filmmaker who really just wants to make their mark and so puts everything in the movie, yeah. right? And and then it's like, with Hush, it's like, why don't you put less in the movie? Mm-hmm. Less people, less demons, yeah. zero demons. Zero demons. <laughs> less, like, less settings, yeah. even, you know? Like, less crazy editing. And this, because of what happened in this movie, it's so jumbled and hard to parse because... Like, I just can't, like, maybe I'm like a moth to the flame, but I just can't get over the shit of, like, why would you think that looking through your phone camera shows you the truth of what this mirror is doing? <laughs> like, how could that possibly be something like, oh, it's there's no plate on the floor. My phone says so. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, that's just more of the mirror tricking you, but then that's more of the fadedness of it all. Thanks, Tim Cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't even really know what my point is other than it it is interesting to see how different Hush is from Mm -hmm. Oculus. And and what made Hush work so well was the intensity of the characters, the isolation of the setting, and the just kind of survival nature of the situation Mm -hmm. versus all of these themes that, you know, themes for their own sake are really hard to do well. Yeah. You kind of need themes to be picked up you kind of need to like not really try on your themes they need to just kind of be there in the background that other people kind of notice yeah you can like have like oh i'd love this to be about grief like babadook but i don't know 
there's something more yeah. poised about Baba Duke than this movie. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think uh, I was going to add one more point to that but I forgot it now, but yeah, I'm sorry. It's, that's okay. No, it's just yeah, I think the the whole thing is like and I said this when I finished watching it, the movie is like trying to be scary but also to be thoughtful and what happened was I just got confused by all the like storytelling that even though like even though there's a ghost being like, bah, look how scary I am. I'm standing there being like, not right now, ghost. I'm trying to figure out what's real and what's real. <laughs> yeah. like, can you just, yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry, ghost. Listen, take I, a minute. Take I, a minute. Please. I know you're a dehydrated corpse woman or something, but can you just like, take a number, get just in line. wait. I'm going to figure out what's going on with Kaylee and then, then we'll, we'll interact. And so yeah. like, I couldn't like give myself over to the scares because yeah, it was just like, you know, you're distracted looking at your phone when you walk by mm-hmm. something and you're just like, was I supposed to notice something? Oh, no, whatever. Like, off I go, still trying to solve this problem. And yeah. it's hard to be yeah. scared when you're confused. It's, it's so I was just like, what is <laughs> happening? And <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Like, I think the first time I was really just like, what is she doing was when they're in the when she gets the mirror and it's in the basement of this art collector and she walks by two statues that are covered with sheets and then she looks in the mirror and there's a third statue behind there that moves and then she goes to like uncover the sheets and she she uncovers the two statues that she already knew were there it's like go for the new one the one that just appeared like what are you <laughs> a lot of times i was like what are you doing what are you doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know you know what kaylee's whole strategy against this mirror kind of reminded me of was uh was it fright night where he thinks all these things will work against a vampire because he's read about it. Yeah. But it turns out they don't actually. Was it Fright Night or which which movie was that where this person thinks? I think like that's just I, I can't remember what specific reference you're trying to make. But that is something that happens quite often where they're like, ah, I believe this is going to solve it. And they're like, haha, you believed a dumb fairy tale. That's not real. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Well, that's what this the, mirror the, was kind of like where yeah, it's like, the, oh, yeah, totally. like, of course, like. I have these certain powers, but Kaylee thinks that because she's looking at it through a phone that it's real or it's not real. <laughs> like, I'll fuck around with her that way because, sure. like, that's mm-hmm. actually not something that I can or can yeah. affect. Right? <laughs> yeah. So she's like, she read about all this shit that some of it is true, most of it isn't. Well, the mirror's like, hey, I can I can affect your perception. And Kaylee's like, I'll get around you. I'll perceive something through my phone. And the mirror's like, no, you're. St- I can still affect that girl. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't know about that other part, but definitely it's like the part of the second Fright Night where Colin Farrell shows up to Anton Yelchin's house, says, "Hey, are you going to invite me in?" And he doesn't, so he just burns his house down and comes in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the like okay. Down, so, <laughs> so you you give this facade of needing like this permission or this mechanism like there's a thing that can stop you you have a limit but no i don't i actually don't have that limit so yeah it's a joke to pretend like i do to you so again it's like faded mm. right uh colin mm. farrell was faded to get into that house because he couldn't actually be stopped i wonder if this is so. i wonder if this is anything we've talked about it on the show before it's like how when people are scared of things or they're imagining things they also always imagine something that like will nullify the thing they're afraid of and like i'm thinking back Mm. to when i was little it's like oh yes there are monsters under my bed but if i lay in the middle of my bed they can't reach me so i am like imagining the threat and imagining what Mm. would nullify it she's kaylee's kind of doing the thing where she's imagining a solution but this is actually a threat that's like i don't care about your solution i can get around Mm. it like Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, woefully underprepared for how well, overprepared she was. Yeah. To quote the great Canadian philosopher Derek Wibley, there is no solution. That's I you always quote Derek Wibley and I love it every time. <laughs> <laughs> He's the sum forty one guy. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't raise my hand, but you knew I was asking a question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about the ghosts of this movie like how did we think about like you mentioned marisol and then like the visions that the ghosts are saying i'll i'll kick it off with this one because i want to talk about it but i was very unsettled by the like peeling of his fingernails off with the little um the little mm. like staple dragon that's what i call him yeah and what what do we think about the other sort of effects cuz it wasn't like a super gory movie there was only a little bit of blood which i think Work in its favor, actually, because it wasn't like splashing the walls with the blood. Yeah, I would say like the hallucinations were, again, like horror movie totems. Like some of them in this film were incredible. The fingernail for sure and the apple and the light bulb. And there were a few others where I was just like, man, that is so unnerving. That's probably the best word for it. Like the unnerving nature of the hallucinations. So it wasn't even scary. It was just like you're not paying attention to what you're doing and you fuck up something and you're just like, what the fuck was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this movie made that feeling of what the fuck was I thinking in that moment to be like a supernatural reason. <laughs> yeah. So it is It is funny how this movie almost would have been better without a supernatural dimension to it. Mm. it. It could have just been such a, it could have been a movie about mental health. Yeah. Only. And that probably would have made it a bit stronger because I so related to like, if you ever just like walked into a room, did something, and then you're like, why did I come into this room? You know, like, what was I going to get here? I totally forget. And then you go to a different room, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I needed. You well, Luke, you know, those little like brain hiccups, yeah. I think were really captured well with those hallucinations. Maybe this was a movie just about mental health, and there was no supernaturalness. Totally. Yeah. yeah like, there's you know, a, there's as they're dragging adult Tim away, he's just screaming, the mirror made me do it. It was the <laughs> yeah. mirror. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it's me. True. It was the but then we guy. have to assume the stuff as kids is canonical. Yeah. <laughs> no, like... he dreamed it. So, yeah, maybe the whole movie is just in Tim's head from yeah. the very beginning. Maybe. <laughs> Which, yeah, like that's again, it's, it's, that's the, you're adrift. There's nothing to hold on to. Where at, to the point of when she stabs her fiance in the neck, who just showed up, I was just like, I'm not affected by this kill because I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know if he's actually dead. I, the movie is and telling then, me she's dead, but or he's dead. And then but... when she thinks it's real, I'm like, are you sure it's real? Sure? I'm still questioning whether she thinks it's real or not. Here's right? a thought. Here's a thought. They documented all of this. So like, presumably the cops are going to be able to watch all this footage mm-hmm. and see that they're losing their minds. Yeah, because right. there's that one scene. Or... I really like that scene where they're arguing, and then they yeah, go that in, was a great and scene. all the cameras are pointing at each other, and then they roll back the tape, yeah. and they're looking at it, and it's like them having the argument while moving the cameras themselves, and like, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was a really cool. great scene. Because there's like all that exposition that Kaylee gives at the beginning to Tim is on camera. That now presumably, like, unless the mirror can destroy the tapes, unless it was an imaginary like, pres- presumably, camera. You yeah. know, <laughs> presumably, yeah, presumably the cops will watch, yeah, and be like, oh, well, she did a lot of research on all these other people. Maybe we should destroy this mirror, or they'd be like, well, this did, is uh... this is too confusing even for a fan footage movie. <laughs> 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 
You did yeah. watch back the part where Tim hits the kill switch and kills yeah. Kaylee. So, yeah. but were there only cameras in the office? There weren't cameras in the rest of the house, were there? There weren't cameras in the rest of the house. There was like the two cameras that were running on their separate sponsored by Apple computers, laptops and hard drives and backups. And then there was also security cameras like mounted in that room. But outside of that room, there was nothing except for um, like lights backup and lights and plants and Apple shaped light bulbs. It's possible they never left that room. Mm hmm. Mm. Right, it's possible all of the things in the rest of the house were just hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the moment that they looked inside the house and saw themselves standing in front of the mirror, in front of the kill switch that would kill the mirror, I was like, "Well, that's what's going to happen. That's obviously what's going to happen because they don't have a mechanism to make that not happen." Well, it's it's foreshadowed from the very first scene when he's talking to the doctor. It's like I've had this dream every time, but this is the one time that I've pulled the trigger. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when you want like when he hits the kill switch, I'm like, oh, this this was foreshadowed in minute one. Yeah. Very cool, Mr. Flanagan. Yeah, well well done. And then like to go back to the like the how the mom like her plot arc resolves, like she gets I guess possessed by the mirror, and then she's just chained up in the bedroom and has like no teeth. <laughs> and no, I, I was just like, yeah. that part was also really confusing because I was like, this is gross, totally like, feral. What happened here? Like, this seems <laughs> like a real quick change where like she just golemed. She went like full golem mode and like started mm-hmm. killing people. Like, I don't, I, I that again, I didn't really understand because she was dealing with like. Her body, you know, she has a big C-section scar from, like, what I we assume is, like, a troubling birth of her children. And she's worried, like, is she attractive? Is she appealing? Blah, blah, blah. And then he's just like, mom's sick. She needs to be in the bedroom. Don't bother her. Anyway, she's chained to the wall. And you're like, ah, I'm just like, I'm rocked again. I'm, like, I'm off kilter. Well, there is the, like, mythical motif of the devouring mother like which is literal in this one but it's like if you think of like rapunzel's mom or the uh maleficent type of characters in in history the ones who don't let their kids grow up are overbearing don't release them properly into the world like project their own anxieties onto their kids kind of thing so it you know quote-unquote devours their life mm. i think maybe that was partly what was trying to be hit at here but it sure. was just made so literal <laughs> yeah that, that it was like really off-putting because it was a quick switch yeah she went from being the responsible parent to the one trying to eat them and strangle them and choke and, them out like yeah and, and it, it was hard to make rory cochran look like the more responsible parent in this movie but there was a little <laughs> bit of the arc there where, where he was yeah right (laughs) it's like oh man you're locking up mom in the bedroom usually that's a not a good thing to do but in this one it was necessary yeah right it was also it was also (laughs) weird because it's like i don't know that was the 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 conflict between both parents once the mirror supposedly possessed both of them was a little strange to me right Mm -hmm. like the dad was possessed pretty much from the start right mom gets possessed and that's why she goes like like on the rampage against Kaylee and Tim and tries to go through the door. And mm-hmm. and then when dad comes in and like choke holds her out, like I assume he's <laughs> yeah. technically still possessed, right? So why is the mirror having both of its possessions like fight, fight each, other? each other? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that was the thing. I was like, I don't think this is the most efficient way to do it, mirror, but you know what? I don't understand mirror mechanics. I don't understand the organizational chart. You do do. Yeah, you do as you gotta do. 
Yeah, though to that to that point, uh, the the scene where she's like banging on the door with her two hands, like that was right up there and part of the scariest moment. It made me think of when Tony Collette is doing that in Hereditary, but she's banging with her mm. head on it, and it's just like you're just like, whoa, my god, this is fucked up. A payment in the ass, or actually, probably a payment in the neck. All right, okay, one hour and six minutes. Cut out a Luke pun. And that's ocularity. That's ocularity. Yeah, I, I think like the hallucinations are very cool in this movie. It's just there was there might have been too many of them, mm-hmm. and then because there were too many of them, I was questioning the mechanics of them. Yeah, you know, it's just like, is this real? Is this real? Well, how come Dad's possessed here and supposedly not possessed here? But does the possession stay forever, or yeah. does it turn on and off? Like we we get glimpses that the humanity kind of comes back for a bit right like right before mom gets shot by dad and she's choking kaylee like she loosens her grip Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so it looks like oh she like she realizes yeah yeah and then also at the end when dad puts the gun to like he as tim pointing the gun towards him he pulls it towards his heart and it's like and tells them to run like oh is he back here Mm -hmm. like did he regain some of his humanity and not possessed here that's what it seems like we don't know so it's like how come so let's say there's times where the like the possession isn't on so when the dad is choke holding mom out is he possessed there or not mm-hmm. and if he's not which is would be what makes sense because she's hitting him and like looking to endanger his children right like how come like is he unpossessed then and then as soon as she's knocked out and he calls the cops he gets possessed again mm-hmm. and he's like actually no you know what i don't need 911 i'm just going to chain my wife to the bedroom and totally have her normal. pull her teeth out so fine right yeah that's what it seems like but mm-hmm. because this movie is so inconsistent with its hallucinations and right. unreliable narratorness i just don't know which is why it's like and- again it's like I should it's be scared, something. but I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's missing something for having so many things, you know? Yeah. And like, another thing I didn't get about the ghost is like, okay, so Marisol's out. She's being spooky. But the other, like, do the other ghosts, like, when do they decide it's their turn to haunt? Like, that's just, like, that's, again, the organizational chart. It's like, okay, so the last time we had, we had Marisol <laughs> go. So now it's yeah dehydrated lady it's your turn to haunt well, the next maybe, one like <laughs> maybe it's like that film where some of the astral projections have a more insidious agenda wait a minute <laughs> that's the name insidious <laughs> is the name of the movie just like how alias is the name of a show alias i honestly thought movie. go ahead the the ghosts were like almost too good looking like they were almost mm. too stylized they were too hot you're right yeah they were too well like they were just too smooth and polished <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it was well, like they had mirrors oh, for eyes, right? Yeah. yeah, they had really, really good. They just looked too good. They didn't. They the more you looked at them, the less scary they got. Mm-hmm. I thought because they're on screen too much, it's like okay, their eyes are shiny. That's kind of creepy, but otherwise, you know, they're just there or they're not like other ghosts. Like the first, I'd say the first three times Marisol was on screen, it was the creepiest mm-hmm. and yeah. really effective. And I liked that they showed her really early, like in Lights Out. Diana is like shown like in the first couple minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah. I liked that they showed her early in the film and then not very much until about halfway through. So that was really smart because it's like we're expecting to find something and often it's not there. Yeah. You know, that added to that tension you were talking about, Alex, of like if they hadn't shown her at the start, maybe you're not looking as hard for something that isn't there. But 
yeah, it's like, what do they do exactly? Like what, like these ghosts that are humanoid and co- corporeal, yeah. are they just going to go and grab your arm and pull you somewhere? <laughs> like mm-hmm. why, why, do, what's the point of these ghosts if the mirror can already just totally make, yeah. control all your behavior anyway? Yeah. I mean, maybe that is a division <laughs> of labor. Maybe it's like, okay, you're the ghost who sucks the life out of plants. That's your job. You're the one who yeah. can give amnesia. Uh, you're the one who like gives them confusing time stuff. Like, and like the the mirror is just like their house mm. where they hang out. Well, that's disconcerting because that means the mirror is only growing in strength. Right, it's just more powerful every time. <laughs> now that okay, if if we believe that the end of the movie is actually what happened and is canonical, so now what's uh what's Kaylee's special role with the mirror now that she's uh part of the mirror? So she PR. she's the PR. Oh, she's PR. I'm saying like <laughs> up until that point, the the mirror couldn't control like things that were mechanical that didn't have energy but now that kaylee's there she can disable mechanical timers or like clocks or stuff like you know so that the next person can't like thwart it that way that makes as much sense as anything you know what she is she's just she's just a thief someone else had bought that mirror and she stole it from him (laughs) no she wasn't okay so this is a great thing about kaylee because like I also was turned against her side a little bit when she was like, I'll prove that this thing is haunted. Put that dog in that cage and let's watch it get killed. And I was like, mm, not a great way to get me on your side. Like, <laughs> Kaylee. No. Yeah. yeah. Bad choice. <laughs> also, it was very distracting because Karen Gillan has like very beautiful hair naturally. And because this was mm-hmm. right around the time that Guardians of the Galaxy was filming and she shaved her head for Nebula... The wig she was wearing throughout this whole movie was so distracting. I was just like, this is like such a weird, like your hair looks. Are so, you telling so me weird. she's not a natural redhead? No, Billy. she is a natural redhead, but she was wearing a <laughs> oh. wig for this. Like, because in Doctor Who, because she's uh, the first time I experienced her, she was in Doctor Who. She was the companion when Matt Smith was the doctor, I think, for the mm. first part. Ah, uh, Matt Smith. Yes. A man so handsome that you think he's uh, incestuous. Yeah. So evil and so handsome. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, she has red hair. It's very beautiful. But, like, the fact that she shaved it for Guardians, great job. You know, you got that gig with Marvel. You're getting the money. You can wear a wig. But I was just like, ah, this isn't real hair. This is distracting me. (laughs) I'm distracted. (laughs) Another thing that distracted me. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Any final thoughts? I will say, yeah, towards the thir- final third of the movie, as confused and as jumbled as I was, like the seamless editing between past and present and the acting, especially from the kids, was mm-hmm. really phenomenal. I really liked, mm-hmm. like, they were just real convincing as being mm-hmm. terrified kids that totally kind of had the a best plan. two actors in a movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Well, and because Mike Flanagan loves uh, loves to reuse an actor, the young Kaylee, who's name i can't remember she played the mm. older daughter in oculus uh, not oculus in ouija 2 so the one that was ah. more more of like she was she'd grown up a little bit more she was i think closer to the her mid-teens rather than 12 and 13 but yeah she's she's the oldest was she daughter. lena so she was lena, yeah oh i'm trying to remember so lena was the one not really like, not one of the main characters but just kind of around too no no she was she was the oldest daughter of the like because the mom was the like mm. medium and then the youngest daughter got possessed or whatever and then the older one All she was right. the one who like brought the ouija board over and was like aha we're playing got and it. then yeah, yeah, yeah her friend was real scared all right yeah 
Yeah, he did he did Ouija, right? Ouija that was two. his movie too? Yep, it was. Ouija yeah. 2. Ouija 2. Like that movie was so much tighter than this one, right? So he learned yeah. fast cuz that movie's like only a year later. Yeah. Good for him. And like I can't I, Yeah. I, I still think that for me, Mike Flanagan has more hits than misses in his catalog. Oh, for sure. The Netflix stuff. I'm really excited for Midnight Society. That's coming out soon, uh, which is another series that he's. But you know what's funny? When someone has when not just movies, music, whatever. When when there's an artist that has more hits than misses, it makes the misses that much more peculiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when 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 uh, Tiger Woods just totally messes up a golf shot. It's weirder to me than when I do. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm supposed to. I suck at it. What's your excuse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I mean, and that's again the problem, not the problem, but like a pitfall of having any piece of media from the last century at your fingertips is like, you can see stuff that is an artist earlier in their career and they will have gotten better. And if you see the better stuff first, then it mm-hmm. feels like it's a bigger stumble. And so, yeah. Hey, movie, movie time is weird. Hey, movie time is weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. actually a pretty good epitaph for this film. <laughs> Movie time is weird. Yeah, you got a, a final thought, Luke? Visually, this movie is quite strong, and cine- the cinematography was awesome. The acting was okay. The script was kind of stupid. Uh, I thought the actors did the best they could with the actual writing for them. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine anyone saying, like, hello, little brother. Like It's just so not how people talk to <laughs> each other. So welcome back from uh, psychiatric hospital. Come yeah. back to your childhood home with me. No. What yeah. and what, what was his nickname? Was it Timbo? Timbo, yeah. Yeah, Timber. Tim, was it Timbo like, or Timber? Timbo. Like the quarterback Tim Timbo? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, yeah. <laughs> Tim Tebow, yeah. yeah it was T-A-M-B-O. Timbo. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, the main thrust of the movie was just a little bit too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. overwrought. Yes. Okay. And undercooked. Overwrought, undercooked. Overwrought and undercooked. You might say it was a bit raw. It's <laughs> another movie we did. If you did. For listeners, yeah. if you didn't watch it, we did raw earlier. Yeah, okay. I think I got through all my points. So did you have anything left to add, Alex? I know you said stuff, but I want to just check again. Okay, good. Scariest part of the movie. So I, I feel like I have let down the team a little bit by picking not a super scary movie for actually scary movie month. There are some good scares. No, no, no. Um, it counts. No. Okay, it makes the cut. We, it makes we, the cut. We can't it? Okay, good. I, I had a few good. pillow at the eye moments. Yeah. Safety pillow moments. Okay, sure. <laughs> good. I found this movie scary. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I think that I was just like, I'm distracted by all the questions I have to be like scared of the ghosts. But the scariest part of the movie for me has, uh, it's got to be the... Even though I see it coming a mile away, it's biting into a light bulb when you think you're biting into an apple. And again, she's so prepared for everything except for what she's not prepared for. It's like, I don't know, maybe buying light bulbs that were the exact size and shape of the apples you're eating is a bad, bad plan. Like you're already distracted. <laughs> so just like her biting into mm-hmm. that light bulb and the the size of the piece of glass she pulls out of her mouth was just like, oh, so gross. So gross. So, yeah. Goodbye, tongue. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not great. So that's mine. Light bulb apple. Luke, what about you? I think the light bulb apple was the most artistic scare of the film, but it actually wasn't the one that made me jump the most. I got I got suckered into a very stupid jump scare that got me. <laughs> it's the one scene where I think it's young Kaylee 
it might be Tim actually. It's one of the kids is looking into the office and Marisol is massaging mm, the yeah. dad and she like slinks away. So you're like primed to think she doesn't want to be seen. And then she just comes around the door. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, you got me movie. That's so stupid. Of course she'd be there. <laughs> but I thought she was going to slink away and just be gone. Yeah. Nope. She's looking around the door at her. Cause like the whole, before that Marisol had like not, I guess, tried to not be seen by the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she would, kind of be behind a branch or whatever yeah but this one she just doesn't care anymore she's like fucking she's like get I'm out of here full splendor now <laughs> i'm trying to hit on your dad kid get out of here <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. so that one got me and it's so stupid that it did yeah but it did that's fair and you just have to be like all right all right i'll give you that one but i'm not happy about it movie <laughs> yeah exactly what about you alex yeah mine mine's the same as luke's okay. like you're primed in every horror movie it's like oh scared okay well we're gonna be safe for the next second it's like no she's actually coming around the corner now yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was uh it is similar like in hell house where i expected the scary lady to not be there when he hid under the covers no she's still there still yeah there. <laughs> yeah exactly like hello <laughs> here i am okay so we'll rate it then and i'll rate it i'll start the rating uh, i should say I'm going to pick Staple Dragons to rate it out of, which is what I've called Staple Removers for years, and Mm. I do it because I think it's funny. Do you uh, put in your hands and go... Of course. Click, click, click. If you're not like... I don't want to make much noise, but if you're not like playing with a little Staple Remover, like a little monster mouth, then you're you're not having fun in your life. I I encourage you to try it. If you're listening right now and you've got access to a Staple Remover, just go pretend it's a little dragon. You, you could do with a lot worse in your life. Anyway, mm. I think that... House of the Staple Removers. House, house of Staple <laughs> Removers. <laughs> yeah. That was easy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What will good Allison that do was the, That was your best joke today. That's a good one. Thanks. A good one. Yeah. It all comes together <laughs> when you staple it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give this... I'm going to remove that staple, and then your joke will fall apart. There we go. I got it. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give this movie just uh, right down the line, three out of five staple dragons. Like, it was... I I have a lot of goodwill for Mike Flanagan. I wanted it to be more cohesive than it was, and the fact that it was... It's left me with so many questions after. It's just like, I can't be as scared if I have so many questions. So, uh, three out of five for me. Alex, what are you giving it? Because we, or at least I, rate movies very inconsistently and don't give a fuck. <laughs> I will also give this a three out of five. Just because, like, this was a fine movie, right? It was it was fine. And the good parts of it were, were very good. And then the shitty parts of it were... I, I, I wouldn't even say it's shitty. It was just, like, maybe a little unsalted. You know, it's mm. missing a little seasoning. Or maybe it had too much seasoning and it tasted too much. Do you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it was missing something, but it also had too yeah. much. Too much flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Undercooked and overwrought. Yeah. But also because like just the context of like this was one of his earlier movies and then you see how much he's grown from it. So I'm comparing it to his future movies, which that gives I think th- that gives this movie a little bit more grace in my eyes as like, oh, he learned from an older movie that might not have hit as hard and did things better yeah. in the future. So I, I give him lots of props for that as well. Totally. Because I see into the future in the, the context of me. So yeah, fine movie. It was, I did find it scary. Lots of interesting ideas. Missing something. Three out of five, Staple Dragon. Cool. 
And Luke? Yeah, technically and visually, this movie's pretty flawless, and storytelling and character-wise, it's pretty flawed. So it comes uh, pretty average to me out. So I'm going to give it 2.5 staple dragon removers out of 5. <laughs> nice. All righty, then. That's time to go into the something to cheer section. And mine is a pretty simple one. It was just I, I took a moment to enjoy the nature around me the other night. I was finishing work and we're getting into the time of year where it's it's dark by the time I finish work. So it's like dark at eight o'clock or like even 730. It's dark here because the sun sets way earlier and just sort of being in a spot where there's lots of like night insects and like crickets and, and like droning insects in the summertime and night is something that I don't really remember growing up with in Calgary very much. And it was just really cool to like hear the sounds of like wilderness and nature all around you. And I, I don't know, I just, it was like a nice moment to connect with, uh, with the world. So that's my summing cheer, just the natural world. It's great. Just go outside and listen at like what's going on at night. Alex, what are you cheering? Yeah, I alluded to this earlier, but I'm cheering my little float float down the river yesterday. Hell yeah. Super nice, very relaxing, perfect way to, I guess, quote unquote, end off the summer. And it's just like, we have a beautiful river in the city, and it's nice and relaxing to... I didn't have to do any paddling, so that was the best part. I just sat there and drank. Nice. But yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. What are you cheering this week, Luke? My cheer is both simple and I think pretty awesome is uh, I watched Top Gun Maverick mm, the other day. Okay. That movie is and so fucking sick. Nice. Holy fuck is that movie great. And the kind of like more broad cheer on top of that is like, I'm not talking about personal life. I'm totally talking about professional life. I so admire Tom Cruise. <laughs> I just, I am so... Good clarification. <laughs> it blows my mind that I would argue two of his best movies of his 40 plus year career have been made in the last five years. Mm -hmm. And they demanded heavy, heavy stunt work and cardio yeah. out of him, especially with what he's done in the last decade of his career. Like he's in like legendary territory for me of all time actors in in the sense of what he's been able to pull off at the end of it like what kind of what other sick almost guy in his 60s is doing movies like this and looking like he does and just like financing all these things like being the impetus and the power horse behind it making sure that it happens like he produces all these movies too mm -hmm. like he just he's just the hardest working person and the final product is just such an awesome piece of art. Like, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, it's just a straight, it's an amazing action movie. It could be like a top 20 all-time action movie, I think. It was just, and the visuals, whole oh, the visuals are just titillating. You know. <laughs> awesome. You know what it means, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners out there, uh, every time Luke says a word I don't know, I put up my hand. Yeah. It's, it's adorable. I love it. Listen, I'm actually running out of time for this, so I might do the credits at a later date. But Luke, okay. it's your pick. So, okay, hang on. Uh, credits are going to go here. Just like I promised, here's the credits recorded later. But I inserted it in the episode so you don't even notice. I'm good at this. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you would like to let us know how you like the show, you can do so by leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, any other way you listen where you can 
Give us five stars. That really helps out the show a lot. You can also spread the joy that is nothing to fear to other people by letting them know that this podcast exists and turning their attention towards it because every download helps us grow and expand and become the rulers of the horror movie podcast world. That's right. We're coming for you. Too scary. Didn't watch. If you would like to support the show financially, you can do so on our Patreon, patreon.com slash nothing to fear. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get access to a bunch of bonus content and know that you're helping a small podcast keep running, keep the lights on, rent movies, buy microphones and stuff. If you can hear the people in the hallway, I apologize. I live in an apartment building. So yeah, join the Patreon so I can move to somewhere that has a studio. Mm. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Nothing to Fear Podcast. We are also on Twitter at NTF Pod. You can follow me. I am at Design Billy on Instagram and Design Billy on Twitter. And you can listen to the curated playlist that Alex makes every single day over on One Song a Day, which is his Instagram account. Every single day, there's a new song post and in the stories, and there is a Spotify playlist in the bio. So you can just go and listen to what music Alex thinks is cool. And it's a pretty great playlist, gotta say. You can also check out what Luke is working on over in his podcast, Empire. He's got Really True Fiction. He's got The Liberal Soul. You can find all those by just searching for them in your podcasting apps. And you can also listen to Full Spectrum Cinema, Kootenai Co-op Radio. I don't remember the call sign. I'm sorry, Luke. I should have let you do this. But it's called Full Spectrum Cinema. He does it with somebody named Other Alex. I think that's his legal name. Anyway, all the information is in the show notes. And you can do that. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And, you know, thank you to the people who support the show thank you to madison for the artwork and katie for the logo design i've done this in a while thank you alex for writing the theme song it's great so anyway now we're going to go back to the past and hear the crew talking about what movie is coming next later days back to you past billy and uh luke what are we watching next week for the show okay well i'm actually i'm gonna give it a little choice not i'm not gonna name the movies but i'm gonna ask do you want to watch a movie that is written by Lee Winnell and directed by Lee Winnell, or a movie that's written by Lee Winnell and directed by James Wan? Oh, I want to do Ooh. one by directed by James Wan. Yeah. I love same. me some James Wan. Okay. Yeah. So I actually don't know if this movie is scary or not. I've never seen it, but it says it is kind of. So next week we're going to watch, I believe, 2007's Dead Silence. Oh, okay. I never heard of that one. Dead Silence. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And remember, they're just movies. Wesley, shut up. They're just movies. <laughs> There's nothing to fear.